The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen you know that some of your episodes in Vitalogy and, and earlier too, you've had, because you re- record a couple months ahead of time and it's all pre-planned. So you'll get stuff where people are like, yeah, really hoping for a new album in 2020. And it's, it's late February or March and you're like, Gigaton. <laughs> so I'm wondering, be outdated. Well, yeah. I don't know when this is going to release, but like in my eyes, I'm like, well, what conversation are we going to have that's gonna, you know, be old news by, by that point or yeah. Yeah. And the first thing that comes to my mind, are we all going to be quarantined from the coronavirus or is the coronavirus going to be like this one big, big joke come April or May that like nobody has it anymore or, or something like that. It doesn't seem like much of a joke, but you, you know where I'm coming from. What, what outdated thing, what's going on in the world right now is will Joe Biden drop out of the race? Will, will Bernie Sanders be running as, as an independent, um, random political stuff? I haven't, I, I, I have no what idea. Be? The great toilet paper wars that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were able to get toilet paper, today, oh. but we didn't get, we didn't get Purell or hand sanitizer or Lysol wipes. It was they were all Target was all out. Can you believe that? Yeah, the um last time I I went shopping they were out of uh all out of log cabin syrup. So I mean, that was uh syrup. <laughs> wow. They had I t- didn't think I guess if you're home if you're if you're staying quarantined in in your house and you're keeping locked up, you're gonna want pancakes or waffles cuz you have the mix. You have a waffle maker. And you can just do it at any time. So you need all that syrup, right? Well, they, they they had tons of Mrs. Butterworth, but you know we're we're, we're a log cabin family, so oh. that's oh okay. Yeah. You 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 are no Aunt Jemima people. No, no, no. They had oh. the no no I, high I, fructose corn syrup is what uh what we look for. Mm. We save that for our sodas, though. <laughs> wow. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through the Pearl Jam catalog. I'm your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, my guest and I go track by track through every album, soundtrack, and single to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon, and we are opening up No Code with the first song, of course, sometimes, and sometimes I have this guy on as a guest, and he's back. We have Randy Sobel. Hello, Randy. I'm always debuting the album, just setting the tone for what the album's going to be and what to expect in the other episodes of the Better Band Podcast. And sometimes you get them in order and sometimes you get them out of order. But Brandon makes sure he gets them to you. And now it's time to, to figure out the code in this this no-code album. I'm good. Oh, I'm good. How there you go. <laughs> I am well. And uh, let's see this song uh, written by Eddie... And if you have the uh, the Polaroids out, you're going to look at number 6C and 6O. 
And you're going to find the pictures there. A little, like, guy getting smashed in the face, something like that, I mm. think is uh, what it looks like. Let me take a look and check. Yeah, I don't have it. I don't have it up. I think I saw that you tweeted it before, Oh, yeah, though. just did it before we started the so, show. I got oh, it. Uh, yeah, guy, guy getting smashed in the face or something, and then, like, a blue circle. Is it the Pantera album? No, 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 not quite. Maybe it's not a guy getting smashed in the face, but that's kind of looks like a weird bar um, or something. Yeah, it looks like with dust. It looks like a guy walked into a bar. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Guy, <laughs> guy walked into a bar and said, "Ouch." Yeah. And then uh, like a blue. Uh, I don't know if that's a mirrored reflection or something like that, or I don't know what it is. Just something black and blue I don't see circle. that on your Instagram. No, because I don't, I don't, I don't own that copy, so I don't have the. Uh... Oh, oh, that's 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 a John Farrar thing. Yeah, because he has he has uh, CODE, as as I like to tell you. Yeah, I just have uh, I have C and E. Got it. I we I think we gave away a C or an E, if I'm not mistaken. We gave away one for like a fundraiser. Which is a crazy, crazy good gift. I don't know why I didn't just take it for myself, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, that I, you know, <laughs> we give away some really good shit sometimes. I told that I told that to somebody else who had a podcast, and they're like, "Oh, we give away magazines." I'm like, you oh, know, we we give away Easy Street. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's making me rethink our process of of making people happy maybe next time we'll give away stickers who knows <laughs> carry on yeah, so, so something 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 simpler yeah i guess not the uh not the the grails i guess but uh yeah, yeah so the we've got this as the uh opening song of the album they also opened with this song at their 96 showbox show where they debuted mm-hmm. eight no code songs yep and uh let's see this song is the first slow opener of an album. Yeah. And so what is that that kind of lets you know that this album is a little bit different than the other ones. Yes, and I think right off the bat it's telling you I think well for all the albums it, it kind of tells you a story of what the first song tells you a story of what the album's going to be and I think for the first 3 episodes that we did we tried our best to to sort of uh, you know, de- develop and bloom what the album was going to be, especially for Vitalogy, where we got really heavy into what you know the songs and Ed's sort of gripe against uh, the industry and gripe against uh, just the fans and, and people in general was. But sometimes is saying if you liked what we did on our first three albums and you don't like this, then it's okay. We're okay with it now. We're accepting of it. It's not for you. And we'll take whoever wants it. But we aren't necessarily going to give you typical grunge from 1994, 1993, 1995. We're changing the game because we've grown. And that's the most important facet of the no code era is that no code is means growth in the band Mm -hmm. from Vitalogy to that album. There are hints in Vitalogy that they can grow, but it's I think we mentioned it when you were on our show uh, back in March and we said that Vitalogy was a band looking 
to use therapy, use an album as therapy. And no code is the healing therapeutic process. Mm -hmm. And to start off with sometimes a song that really it creeps in and it's kind of like a tiptoe. I usually say that it kind of tiptoe into its, you know, its build and Eddie singing kind of over sort of a haphazard kind of, you know, Jeff's bass line and then just kind of it sounds it's a little off from what everybody else is doing and the the jack beat is very subtle. Just very little bit of what's going on there and and it's really the song is kind of about sometimes you can't really control what's going on around you. And maybe Vitalogy, in a way, was Ed being frustrated by not being able to control all of that. And sometimes right off the bat is accepting that he can't do that. Is it, do you think it's accepting or if it's sort of wresting control from that saying that's like, okay, you know, we are set, we are setting the um, table. We are, you know, you guys got to relax. You got to settle down, you know, like I, I don't necessarily know about like in the, in the flow, like of a show or something like that. But I know that like, it's sort of, you know, everybody's going crazy for us. You need to settle down. We're, this is like a little down home indie-ish sort of record something sound or i don't know yeah i don't know if it's i think it's less about what the listener is experiencing and more about what in specifically what ed is experiencing because it is an ed song i i I think this is sort of his early early response as to you know this is how i've grown in what a little over a year since we produced an album and you know grunge at this point the dirty word grunge is the landscape is is changed in 96 kurt is is, has been gone for two years alice in chains is essentially done soundgarden is essentially almost done at this point and pearl jam which is like the last gripping hope of this movement that changed rock and roll Pearl Jam is saying they're letting go and they're saying you know what we don't really want to associate ourselves with this so if you still want us to be grunge you're gonna have to look elsewhere for it and I admire that so much in a band that they can do that and they can stray from the expectations and normalcy that is, is is thrust upon them because Pearl Jam could have been the band. They could have kept Dave A around, first of all. That's I think that's really important to mark here that, you know, this is mm-hmm. this is now Jack's territory and Jack uh went on tour a full year with them before they really got no code figured out and and they're really gelling with them and he's really he saved the band from any sort of further catastrophe and that, and a lot of that is is recognized in no code. Because they, they they also toured with Neil Young a little bit premier ball with with jack as well and so he's kind of more a part of the yeah band of, so you, yeah you, right so everybody is changing musically 
at this point. They're they're start, you know, Ed is doing his thing with Mike Watt. Um, this is around the time Mike was doing Mad Season. Mm-hmm. He did Mad Season, I believe, in '95. Uh, they go on tour from Mirror Ball. Uh, they're doing so much else to expand themselves, so almost the, that they don't get sick of just being Pearl Jam and. I kind of see that that sort of translated and has stayed with the band to nowadays because you see, you know, Matt has Well Water Conspiracy and Stone had Brad and um, uh, Jeff had R&DM. Jeff had his solo that he did a couple years ago. Mike has... Rockford. What was the thing that Mike did? Star Anna. Yeah. um, I'm thinking specifically he did something... Something live from last year. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at the See Here Now festival, I can't remember. Um, but everybody is sort of figuring out what they want out of this on their own. And Vitalogy was really the moment where Ed took over as band leader, and now everybody's sort of figuring out where they fit in for no code as well so it's there's there's a lot of different facets that just it's so interesting that they were able to go through this growth because you've seen with so many other bands like i I, you know how many bands on their third or fourth album you just say well they're just putting out the same thing as before they're not interesting to me anymore you have to change because if you don't people are always going to associate you with the 90s i don't think pearl jam wanted that and unfortunately you get with the non-hardcore fan base that's out there that they will associate them with the 90s that just goes with the territory but to the fans and the people like us we see this as a changing of the guard you don't get yield without no code you don't get the transition of binaural without what they did in no code or anything further on this allowed them to grow their approach and sort of close the door on what was the grunge music scene of the 90s because one could say that you know vitology was the start nobody really says that vitology is the start of their experimental sort of phase they always point to no code even though vitology has the fourth throwaway? They were still on top of Vitalogy. That's why. Yeah. Right. I think I mentioned it during our last exit episode that Vitalogy was uh, the Rocco's Modern Life reference. That Vitalogy was them trying to tell everybody that don't listen to our stuff if if you're not gonna be with us. If you're just gonna criticize us, fuck you. This is not intended for that. And No Code was the artsy, we want you to appreciate this. And everybody's like, well, I'm going to look the other way. But Vitalogy, because Pearl Jam didn't want anybody to really, besides their own fans and themselves, to appreciate what Vitalogy was, which is why I, Davinita, and Bugs and, and, uh, and Pry 2 exist, stupid mop. I think that no code was them saying, well, if everybody let's, let's see who's going to stick around from Vitalogy who really matters. And you saw the numbers for no code were not as good as the numbers for the first three album. The first single is who you are. And it 
is not a strong single. It's a good song, but the first single in should have been Hell Hell. It's on any other record. Yeah. It's Hell Hell for sure. But that's not where they wanted to go. They wanted to tell people essentially that, you know, this is different and this is where we are in our stages in our career. And uh, we're we're not buying into into corporate rock anymore. We're still fighting Ticketmaster, and we're still doing this. And they and it sort of separated them from the world and kind of alienated them from rock and roll. I yeah, think. and plus to the the sort of industry changing and moving away from being sort of rock dominated into more pop and all that yeah. sort of stuff doesn't help. Sure. Uh, the hip hop, uh, hip hop uh, influences uh, with bands like Sublime really started to uh, uh, make their way into 1996, and that led into your Limp Biscuits and your, you know, your your white guy uh, rap rap rock of of the late 90s uh, that got popular. But uh, you know, the first song on this album is essentially telling you if you want another you know go or a last exit we're sorry it's not here it just isn't and you get that's not to say that you don't get that type of stuff on this album because hell hell red mosquito habit they're all rockers lucan they're all songs that the old school pearl jam fan should enjoy and appreciate yeah you would think this album Two has probably about like four sort of like real rockin' songs, and then you got kind of like three, four mid-tempo songs, and then you have like four, five mellow songs. Yeah. To start it off with a with a mellow song, do you think that they could have started it with something more intense and not had it end up be sort of uh, like some of their more recent albums where the back half is just all sort of low energy and can't really at least for me like hold on to to my attention as much as it does for the uh the the other ones well my curiosity with this is you know the one of the what ifs i suppose of this record is what if they kicked this ref- record off with all night oh. which was a b-side and was the kickoff off of uh off of lost dogs what if all night was the opener to this and I think outside of maybe switching around a couple of tracks, maybe, you know, uh, you know, taking who you are and, and putting it deeper in the album uh, and making, you know, Red Mosquito stand out more as like the number four instead of the number seven. Uh, off he goes as as a, you know, a, a B-side on the record. Not not B-side, B-side, but, out, you know, record side, side two. two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if those were separated more, then it would be a completely different album. It would be front-loaded, which I don't think I would have been a fan of. And I, I think people would just be like, yeah, Hell Hell, Mosquito, and All Night, they're they're great. They're rocking tunes. But, man, you get into the stuff later, and, and uh, I'm Open is weird, and Around the Bend is, is just a slow close to an album and and if sometimes is late in the album like the 10th track i think people would have been really just turned off by the rest of the stuff it's all about flow and it's all about um you know the idea that you want to express from the album and and i honestly 
don't think there was any other way to do it yeah. because of the other songs that they knew that they wanted as well. Who You Are, Present Tense, Off He Goes, uh, To An Extent I'm Open, Around the Bend. Those ones all fit into this category of, you know, they're very reflective on life. They're very much they're therapeutic, and they're also not for your standard typical rock and roll fan. And that's separating the gap from the fans that they wanted. And, and in this time, it's so tricky because, again, Ticketmaster, and they're not playing Madison Square Garden or, or Staples Center, L.A. Forum. They're, they're not playing these massive places. They're playing Randall's Island. Yeah. you know showbox like it's it's got to be almost hard for them in a way that yes they are fighting for the greater good and you know not working with uh mean old Ticketmaster who they're in bed <laughs> with right now but I, I i just think that they might have seen this as you know maybe maybe we don't want to be this band that falls into absolute obscurity and that's where yield kind of gets you into more of a relatable mode so to speak but we'll you know we'll talk about that in 2021 or whenever that happens (laughs) (laughs) this song is also sort of stands out in the sense that it's just very linear there's no like repetition there's no like verse chorus verse chorus um, I, I remember the first time I listened to it too. I, I got the vinyl of it and I listened to it um, that way first. And it gets to that drum sort of rumble. Part mm-hmm. in there, and I thought, I was like, "Oh crap, my record scratched! What the heck's going on?" It's like something's something's wrong. It's like, "Oh no, it's just a part of it." It's like, it was real jarring, and then also, you know, you go from this fading out into the punch of hail hail and thinking that's like, Oh crap. My (laughs) needle is going to like just jump off the record. changes so fast there yeah it's 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 a massive jump and and i definitely i i I asked a friend one time who i saw posted you know a casual friend from college who once posted and said i'm listening to the 10 redux for the first time and it's one of the best uh remixes of an album i've ever heard and i got in touch with them i'm like look i don't know how much of a pearl jam fan you are but like like you need to listen to other Pearl Jam to really appreciate what they do. So I asked him, mm-hmm. I want I want to know what you think of No Code. And he's like, I mean, he this is a guy that's probably into like Tool and, you know, he's he was a drummer, so like very drum heavy kind of stuff, but he's just like, yeah, it's it's got its moments. <laughs> you know, it's it's on first listen, I don't think any outsider is just gonna love it yeah and especially with sometimes that's such a it's kind of a weak ending to a song to just fade out like that and 
you know they don't do it live live it's it's very you know he gets very powerful you know sometimes i go sometimes i ride like and he gets as higher as he cringe he gets so passionate about it that they're able to take the energy and rush off the energy from that and it makes it sound like a really good opener in that sense It is jarring that it goes straight from that into, you know, and it's it's almost like how set lists are with the band, where you're getting release into into yeah. Go or Corduroy, and you know it's just easing you in. Maybe it's taking some of the that aspect because it's all that's that part has always been part of the band, so maybe that has to do with it. But maybe they they realized that. You know, they can trust the audience to to start off with a slow song because it's kind of like, okay, you've seen us live. You know that this is something that we do. And now sure. we know that you guys are mature enough to to handle something like this. Yeah, I, I, I think that's acceptable. I think for any, you know, any smart fan, they they could see, they could recognize that and say, well, they've opened with Oceans Live before, so this is not something that's completely out of left field yeah that's i i i i follow that yeah so uh let's see lyrically we're, we're in agreement that this song is about bob ross or uh <laughs> i don't <laughs> well you know the meme that's been pushing around lately the one that's uh you know drawing pictures on mountaintops and you see bob ross in the second caption is like motherfucker be spitting <laughs> <laughs> this is the one where it's like this is Bob Ross's dream song. Large fingers pushing paint. You got big hands. The colors blend. Like, um, just missing some happy little trees and, overalls, and beating the devil out of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and that drum rumble, you kind of it, it's kind of atmospheric. It, it kind of sounds like it can be in a mountain echo kind of vibe. Uh, I I thought it kind of sounded like a wave crashing or a wave soaring mm-hmm. almost, but it, it's. He's trying to express here that, and 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 I I kind of don't get the religious undertones, and I don't know if it's meant to be religious or not because I don't, you know, the sometimes I kneel, I just I like to think that it's sometimes I I go to Neil Young and I look to him for advice. Mm-hmm. I like to think it's that because Ed's an atheist, Ed is not usually he doesn't write religious songs that they they write so many songs questioning religion god's dice and all these other songs that that question uh religious experiences and and i just don't understand his the idea that this song could be about religion but more about like a spirituality of you know this is kind of the challenges that you get out of life and you know, although you are in this big spotlight, you are just like anybody else. You have to settle up to the challenges and 
make sure that your life is is straightened out and that you can f- figure yourself out to to live comfortably and happy you know like a book amongst the very many on the shelf that, that that's we're we're no different than a massive celebrity that you know like the fucking president like <laughs> in all weird retrospect you think that he's like all above everybody and he puts this i guess this aura of that you know he's larger than life and that he's more important than anybody that exists on this planet right now and and he the the more he says it the more we believe it and the more that the media puts it out there but honestly he's he's trying to figure a lot of shit out too and he he goes through trial and tribulations whether or not he makes the right decision is based off of you know other people's opinions of him but every it just goes to show you that everybody has to figure it out everybody has to make has to jump into challenges make tough decisions and ask themselves why why am i going through this and 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 just figure it out you know we're we're all human nobody is part of some bigger landscape that is on a different playing field we all have to go through stress we all have to go through uh, highs lows times where there's absolutely you know nothing going on a complete medium and you're trying to figure out well what the hell is next we all go through that we all strive for either something greater or something more in some aspects so you know that that's that's sort of what i get out of it that, that he's trying to tell people that you know although you may see him in magazines although you may see him in on stage you know looking like and you know the big rock star that he is he's going through as much as anybody else and that's why he's so relatable too is that you can kind of pick apart his brain in these songs that he's Mm -hmm. so vulnerable to tell you about his life instead of just singing songs about like i don't know like here's here's my fast car here's here's uh here's the one that got away like those are very basic songwriting material that people don't exactly relate to you know the acdc arena rock like you know basically let's all chant hell yeah a bunch of times and uh you know it doesn't he doesn't write like that he's has more integrity i suppose so that's what you get i appreciate it i love him for it yeah that's you know you you write something that's just uh opaque enough to where everybody can sort of see their own reflection in it as opposed to just a straight up you know mirror saying hey this is what this is you gotta kind of squint and you know maybe see something that that you identify with and maybe it's just lyrics yeah he's not being yeah he's not being fake at all if he wanted to be if he wanted to be fake he'd be like well i'm 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 driving my corvette and i'm riding in a yacht and but that's not that's never been his life there was an article and granted 
it was a really scathing article in Rolling Stone around this time that uh, he did uh, an interview with Spin. So Rolling Stone oh, yeah, was yeah. trying to basically, you know, and that's the one at Randall's Island where he's just like, you know, this is about who you are. And if you think I'm this and you think I'm that and you believe this, it doesn't matter. Um, but they said the one line that really got to me is like Ed orders Domino's pizza once a week. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, that makes sense to me. You wouldn't think that at the time that that would make sense because, well, we know people's personalities so much more now that Twitter and, and social media is apparent. And, yes, sometimes we, we lie to make ourselves look better. But um, at the time, you you think rock star and you're thinking, man, he's in a mansion and he's probably got got – uh, servants and 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 cooks and butlers <laughs> and dudes ordering the you know sausage pizza on on Thursday nights when he's not recording or on tour. How is that different than you know at the at the time the the demo, his demographic the the twenty five year old who's you know working uh, a lousy dead end job uh, you know trying to make ends meet. How is that different than that? it's so relatable on so many levels and, and so many bands that can't, you know, that, that find their, their success through other means and, and, you know, their songs become more bland because of that. They can't, they can't relate into who they are anymore because they've, they've forgotten they're somebody completely different. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think that. he was also vegetarian at this point, I think too. So it wouldn't have been sausage pizza, maybe. I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> well, I read. So, well, that was that was an article that was meant to, you know, basically demean him anyway. So, you know, they they talked to like his third grade, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. substitute teacher or something like that, that that knew everything about Eddie. Apparently, that Eddie they they made it seem like Eddie put on this this facade that he was this loner and. Uh, they were trying to debunk that by people saying, oh, everybody loved Eddie in high school. He was loved by everybody. But, like, you don't know fucking yeah. <laughs> closed doors. Get, give me a fucking break. If anybody if anybody from your high school, especially me, because I I, I, I was an asshole and I was, like, a prankster what, in high no. school. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, I know. Uh, I, I was... You know, I, I was a personality. I hosted my my high school um, uh, talent show in my senior year. Like, people knew who I was. Mm -hmm. But I really, if somebody interviewed just some random schmo that I went to high school with, you know, 10 years later, 15, I graduated high school, what, 15 years ago? Insane. But um, if they if they were to, to just... E uh, email <laughs> if they were to interview them now to ask who i was they would give this answer that like oh man he's he's like he'll talk he'll he's so funny he's like a social butterfly he's he's such an extrovert and he's always you know everybody knows him and and everybody has something to say about him and that's not who i am anymore like I'm not that person. I I've completely changed. So if somebody wrote an article about me from from high school about that, I, I you would say, yeah, nobody fucking knows me anymore. That is not right. No one no no one no one's around you twenty four seven. They know you on the outside. And school's such a 
everybody puts on a facade when they're at school anyway because you have to get through the fucking day and you know high school is high school and you deal with all the bullshit anyway and then you go home and you can fucking you know just listen to music or watch movies or tv and and just you know fall fall deep into whatever you're doing with that but i don't know i i i i think that that whole rolling stone thing was a fucking just an absolute sham and doesn't define obviously doesn't define who eddie is and it won't define who i am either god <laughs> only you can define who you are oh you see that that's a no but oh. i can start forest <laughs> fires and prevent them <laughs> Smoky. <laughs> Not really. I think much else about this song. Yeah, I, right. It's it's like I said. Like it's, it's super open, and yeah. there's not a real definitive. I think story. We could have we could have pushed the religious aspect a little more, but it's not. I just don't think it's important. I think when you say you're a god and you got big hands, it just means just it's situal it's spirituality and situationally what's happening to your life. Like you always kind of think that you're not in control of it. Yeah. And mm, yeah. you know whether or not whether or not you believe in God. And and I don't I don't care for any of that stuff personally, and I don't think Ed's an atheist. I don't think he does either. So, but you always think that you know why me? Why why am I being put in this situation? Is it somebody else that's doing it to me? And I think that could be that whole you know God is not the being. God is just the overall idea of it so it's not religious it's just it's circumstantial yeah mm, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know if that made sense but no no if yeah, yeah, guess... yeah no yeah I, I i never really i mean i don't know staring at these lyrics i think for you know however long we've been talking and stuff like that trying right. to be like, okay it's, what do i think what do i think what do i think almost and, less less is more because it come it becomes too much yeah you're, you're trying to get more out of what's there which is really not much you said it, it's a linear song they, they don't it feels like there should be more to it yes but again it, it's sort of it's under three minutes it's simple it eases you into the song that you really want to hear <laughs> but, but that's true it's not that i hate sometimes i don't hate sometimes at all but it's just it's you know it's the app what's your appetite for for hell hell i i love hell hell yeah almost more than any other song on any other album and then you get later the present tenses and off he goes those are two of my favorite songs of any band of all time and that are on this album that really you know once you get over just the I like rock and roll phase of your life and the and you get into the well I'm a I'm an adult and I'm going through shit phase no code is the best it really is yeah cuz present tense how many times are you going to listen to present tense and think like god damn it I got to I got to stick by this mantra you know, spend your time alone redigesting past regrets, uh, or you can come to terms and realize you're the only one who can't forgive yourself. Like, yeah, that whole fucking makes sense. <laughs> not just, you know, again, the whole not driving Corvettes and, and, and being fucking billionaires. That, that wasn't their style. So, 
Yeah, no code is no code is number two or number three on my albums. By the way, just throwing that out there. Vitalogy and no code switch, kind of every every other year for me. Yeah, the where's my so, what's my oh crap! I don't have my list right here. Damn it! I wish I did. Sometimes you're supposed to you're supposed to reassess every year. This is going to be a tough year because I, I had to reassess twice because now we got Gigaton. Yeah, which at this point we don't know anything about. By the way, we know uh, Super Blood Wolf Moon. Rivercross and um and Dance 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 those are the only songs at this recording and you know just got to throw that out there that you know by the time you hear this you could be like oh man retrograde is their best song that they've ever written we don't know that when we're doing this <laughs> yeah i think this is my number three it looks like Okay, yeah. This, so yeah, you got um, it up there. at least at least so far before I get to the end of the uh, the season, and I've thought about it and re this, re-ranked my songs and stuff. This is John's number one. So a lot of people I know that are part of you know the the podcastal community have no code very high, and it's because I think the way that the hardcore fan relates and and thinks about Pearl Jam is through the songs that are very therapeutic and the most the most therapeutic songs are on mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah there you have it now uh something I'm 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 doing this season instead of uh just going right into uh to plugs and stuff like that and because we we we, 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 I can plug live on Front Legs Podcast and Gmail. I can plug all this. I can do it all day. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll on. have your we'll we'll have links for you too for Patreon and all that sort of stuff too. But so, something I want to uh, get into is is you know they're they're touring. There's going to be people around and all that sort of stuff and just sort of the 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 spirit of, of Pearl Jam and and sorry I, I I forgot to mention this at the beginning so you could have <laughs> something to think of. <laughs> is is what, what do you think is something that um, somebody who listens to this should do for somebody else to sort of spread goodwill and and sort of community just to because this year is kind of out there and kind of kind of rough at times. So what's what's something we got to do to for for somebody else to make the world better? I think just listen to people, listen and attempt to understand them. And don't try to change their logic. You can explain to them what your logic is, but also everybody's coming from a different background, a different way of thinking. And it's all, you know, nobody, nobody's born thinking a certain way or feeling a certain way about anybody. So you have to, and, and I've sort of realized like that sometimes you know, with people that don't just that disagree with me on political or racial or any those kind of social issues, I immediately think like that's not a person that I want to converse with. But I'm trying to teach myself that you just sometimes you got to listen to and, and try to understand why this person is coming from this perspective. Why do they not agree for with this? And honestly, if they are being an asshole about it and being demeaning about it, you can choose not to listen to them too. And But sh- the, the question that I have is, should we be demeaning people for thinking the way that we do? Is that making our world better? Because yes, racism is fucking horrible. And 
demeaning everybody's uh you know thoughts on sexuality and thoughts on political parties it's i i struggle with this to think whether or not telling people that being a racist is bad and force feeding them into thinking that like fuck you for being a racist i i think it needs to be more objective in a way where you can teach people that this is how racism affects people instead of you know you're being a racist and you're horrible for being a racist if that makes any sense no yeah yeah i i I, i've heard somewhere i can't remember what it was if it was a podcast or radio show or something i saw on tv where they were saying that changing like somebody's mind is really hard because you know a lot of times somebody's telling you something and you're thinking okay well how can i shoot him down how can i deflect this point or something and then while you're saying that that's the exact same thing that they're thinking whereas if you ask them to then explain why it's like oh well why do you think that like what's happened and stuff and you sort of get people talking themselves out of ideas because they're like uh i don't know i just heard it on the radio i heard such and such say I should think this and you know like I I don't know why I think this there is no good reason for it right they right they don't yeah they 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 hear somebody else and that somebody else maybe said it in such a convincing way that they're like hmm okay if they think that way then you know it sounded good coming out of their voice so you know it's gonna sound good coming out of mine and plus you know just listening to to people too you know even if it's not anything as severe as that too i mean this you know letting people know that they they matter and stuff and i think that a lot of people don't feel like they matter so they might you know attach themselves to groups that will listen to them you know and they're bad groups so yeah i I think something that i i was discussing with my wife the other day is that an argument is the desire to be right mm-hmm. it's not that you think or you know that you're right it's trying to prove to yourself that you are right when you're may when there might not necessarily be a right or a wrong that's to yeah. me that's that's what an argument is and i find myself sometimes in any sort of kind of argument whether it be like just an opinion thing like i you know i think that this song is better than this or whether it be a bigger uh understanding of of how the world is working uh you know i i sort of think to myself what the side i'm arguing on am am i really right about it or do i just really want to be right so you know that's that's stuff to think about and i i try not to it's not like I don't try to rock the boat or, I, you know, sometimes it's hard not to because you just see stupid people and you think, like, man, I I, I just want to tell them how stupid they are. But <laughs> you have to – you almost have to do it off the internet and you have to help people off the internet. And you'll understand if, if people are willing to just look you in the eye and have a discussion with you, you'll – they'll at least understand – why you feel a certain way if you let them in and you'll understand why they feel a certain way you just got to be accepted accepting to to where people are coming from and how 
they develop their thoughts and ideas. That that's the best I can think of. Instead of you'll you'll never get anywhere demeaning somebody for being a racist. I know it's it, it's empowering too. It really is, and it feels like when you tell a racist off, when you tell a racist that they're a racist, it feels like you're doing such a uh, you know, you're you're filling some void in in society that that you know, man, I. I, this racist now knows that that he's a racist, and thank thank me for for pointing out that there's a racist out there. <laughs> that's that's such a baseline thought process. Don't discuss the racism. Discuss the process of how they got to it. And just just think that that there's always somebody that has less than you, and it's, there's always somebody that needs that needs something more than you do. That's keep keep those things in mind it's it's important right now so yeah so um now we can we can get to the the meat of the stuff why people really listen to these podcasts to hear people promote their uh their 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 guest stuff so here we go who who are you randy where are you from what's uh the story well i was born in southside hospital <laughs> in bayshore new york zip codes 11706 um I think that most people that are tuning into you probably know who I am, so I don't have to go into this spiel and sell you on the fact that Live on Four Legs is another Pearl Jam podcast out there. It's 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 there. You, you know about it. You know what we do. We cover a live show every single time. But um, you know what we're really trying to do in the grand scheme of things is you know everything that we do for our Patreon. We're trying to put into the greater good of uh, trying to do fundraisers that we did for the um, uh, the tour that we did. We did a bunch of tour merch that we sold, and we sold them for very reasonable prices, and donated the funds to Nashville Disaster Relief for their tornadoes and the. Australian wildfire uh, relief. So those are the things that we're trying to do. Uh, and it's not, I, I don't like trying to force that, you know, idea on people that we're like, Hey, we're a charitable cause, but I think that it's important when you have sort of a platform to use it for a greater good and not just keep everything for yourself. Unless it's a vital copy of No Code, or uh, <laughs> unless it's a vital copy of Mirrorball. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll keep that one because that's not going in any giveaways anytime soon. So, live on Four Legs podcast, um, we you know we're always we we're always accepting of new stories and new listeners and uh, new thoughts and obviously with with the tour that's either going on or or. Uh, or just finished whenever this comes out I have no idea uh, you know we'll we'll have all these discussion points where you know we were kind of a big go bigger go home place but I also want to use this moment to just uh, say that all of the podcasts do really really hard work um, uh, and that's something that I sometimes forget um, you you work really hard you do this by yourself and oh, yeah. that's really difficult. <laughs> you can sometimes have challenges getting guests. And I, you know, that's why I made sure, you know, every, the, the opener of every album, 
I'm in. You got me. You got me for at least one, and I try to to spread the word and and try to get you more people on there. Uh, but look, the porch is doing stuff, and they're working really hard. They're passionate about it. We all know that the single podcast theory is pretty passionate about what they do, and they keep chugging along, and people you know still keep listening to them after you know the couple of years that they've been around, and and you know we're we're working hard too and and nobody is uh uh everybody's everybody's working the equal amount of time just to make enjoyable content to talk about a band that we really 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 freaking enjoy so um just think about that and you know think about just and shout out to Jamley Matters too cuz they're fantastic they're really yeah. they got their shit together so that's you know that they're they're newer but i think that um they're really unique uh they're they come from two different uh walks of life with uh you know a radio background and a, a billboard background uh not billboard i'm sorry uh like industry, a rec- industry sort of record yeah. label yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah they're every, everybody works hard to do a grassroots sort of diy type thing so just you know when 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 you're about to insult somebody for an opinion just just think of that just just think that maybe they work really really hard at this and and just throw them a bone and just thank them every now and again and that's not don't thank us we we don't need it but everybody everybody else just brandon uh jesse kate brad's uh roach and uh and billy jean just uh thank them all for for doing their thing because uh it's it's important. It's it's good for the community. Yeah, and I, and I'm I I am going to thank you for coming on this show. <laughs> I, I am going to accept your thank you and raise you a a, a, a return thank you. Oh, you're you're totally welcome. It's always good to to talk to people about Pearl Jam because we just love it so much. There's nothing I like to talk about more, and uh, you know I'm fortunate and lucky enough to have so many good people in my life now that i've met through these podcasts that i text with daily just about you know things that are going on either with the band or even just with personal life you you get to you get to know people and and some of these people i've never physically met before but i feel you know a strong friendship with and uh and that's essentially why I wanted to do the podcast because I wanted Pearl Jam friends and I got way more than that. I got a jamboree. <laughs> God uh, bless us everyone. Uh, and that's a that's a good way to to head into the Chinese demo and and say goodnight for the night. Better Band Podcast is produced by ListenUpReno.com and Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I am on Twitter at Brandon P, B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you like the job I'm doing here, you can go to ko-fi.com slash B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P and leave me a $3 tip or give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to tell your friends. 
If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share, and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Randy, and as always, this is Brandon saying, No one who speaks German could be an evil man.